episode one, maybe. All right, all right. Welcome to Frankly Fantasy Football, a football podcast. Fantasy football for the average Joe. We are your hosts, Frankie and Johnny. Frankie, what's happening, man? What's happening, John? Uh, Happy to be here. Happy to be here, man. What about you? Oh, God damn it. I have been watching training camp all freaking week, man. I'm so excited. We're so close. Frankie, so close. There are no more months without football until March. Nay. Oh, God, nay. Stop it. There are Stop no it, you're turning me on. Weeks without football uh, until May, until March, man. How about that? Uh, I just had a baby three weeks ago. You're gonna make me go have another one right now if you don't stop it. Oh, I am as hard as a diamond in an ice storm, man. Let's go. Let's do this. So, welcome to the podcast. This is our inaugural podcast, the very first one. Frankie, tell us a little bit about why we're doing this podcast. Oh, man. So, guys, we have been wanting and talking about this for years. I mean, John, years. I mean, we listen to podcasts every single day just about in regards to fantasy football, whether it's in season, out of season, it doesn't matter. Um, We have always wanted to do something like this. And so finally, um, Johnny's my cousin. We got together. Um, He is a phenomenal dude and who knows his shit. And so we said, why not? And we're going to dive in and talk a little bit about some fantasy football. What do you think? Yeah, man. I mean, we would get together every morning during football season and just talk and go over stats and rankings and trades and all the shit involved with fantasy football. And we just said, Hey man, we're doing this anyway. Let's just record it and have a good time. Let's have fun. We can put out a little bit of information to help some of our friends and family in our leagues that we're in. Some of the guys that don't do all the research, shout out to uncle Ross, uncle Frank. All right. Holla. Holla. But yeah, basically, we're going to be doing this podcast. We're going to be doing it once a week. Um, We're going to be talking about news and notes that are happening around the league. We're going to be talking about specific topics. Today, we're going to talk about rookie review. We're going to be doing uh, next week. We're going to be doing new faces and new places. Uh, There's so many guys in the offseason that have gone to new teams. It's insane. So we figured this is the perfect year to be able to do this. Try to bring some knowledge. Try to have some fun. And uh, have a good time, man. Do some fantasy football. What do you think? Love it. I love it, man. Let's do some fantasy football. That's beautiful. Let's get into some news. We've got a lot of news because a lot of shit's been happening here uh, with training camp starting with a lot of crazy shit with contracts and different things. I'm going to start off. I don't want to talk about it a lot. Everybody's been watching. But I have a friend in Milwaukee who's a huge Packers fan. And I was crying laughing, man. He said, oh, yeah, uh, Karen Rogers. Oh, Karen Rogers. They have all these memes with Aaron Rodgers with these women's wigs on and calling him Karen Rogers. It's so fucking funny. But anyway, Karen Rogers is back. He reported to camp. Thank God that would have been a fucking nightmare for all of the Packers values for Devontae Adams, for Aaron Jones. That would have just been absolutely horrible. So we don't have to worry about it. Packers fans are, you know, they're excited. At least they're going to be good this year. But it sounds like it's going to be a mass exodus for next year. Don't have to get into any more Aaron Rodgers. He's there. Draft him. He's high as hell. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Time frame un- unknown, really. Um, it, it doesn't sound great. I mean, what, what are you hearing about Saquon, Frankie? Yeah, it's actually pretty alarming um, in all honesty. I mean, he is – they are hopeful. Um, I am not. So I am really, really nervous with them bringing on um, uh, 
Alfred Alfred Morris. Morris Morris. Yeah. And, and honestly, I just don't think their offensive line is even that good to begin with. So you have a somewhat not put together offensive line. You have a hurt Saquon Barkley who is not practicing and who has been out for quite a while. You have them fighting on the football field. Joe Judge had to literally kick what off the fuck two was that? players. That was and insane. their center that they just brought on just retired. Yeah. So it's not a good situation, John. No, I mean, every everything out of camp I've been watching is just saying that it's it, it's pretty rough over there. It's not looking great. I mean, Saquon at this point, let's talk about like actual fantasy, what we're going to do here. I, I'm just not drafting him. It's just not going to happen. I'm with you. He's going in the in the middle of the first round, and there's just no fucking way I'm touching that, man. It's not happening. One thing to pay attention to, though, is Devontae Booker. He's going late, Love. late in the drafts. He's going to end up starting week one. So if you need to plug somebody in or if you do end up drafting Saquon, I mean, don't get me wrong. He drops to the second round. I'm grabbing his ass for sure. But I'm damn sure going to be reaching for Devontae Booker to make sure I've got that locked in. Oh, John, you remember Wayne Gallman. You remember that guy. Oh, that yeah. guy came out and could have won you a couple leagues if you would have picked him up at the right moment at the right time. That is is a Devontae Booker, except Devontae Booker is on roids compared to that guy. He is faster, quicker. He is an RB, a true uh, starting running back as a backup. So if he gets his opportunity, I mean, guys, for the value that you can get him in, all in. All in on Devontae Booker, late rounds and do it. Absolutely. All right, next uh, news item here. Uh, Don't want to go too much into it, but it's the first podcast. I don't know if everybody heard that or not. I'm sure they did. Cam Akers out for the season. We lost our Done. first first round running back for the season. It sucks. He was going to be a star. I was super high on him. Um, does boost and elevate the value of Daryl Henderson. So keep an eye on him. His ADP is going to be skyrocketing. I think he's going third or fourth round now, but I can see him creeping up into the second for sure. There's just too much opportunity, too much talent on that good team with a great defense. Agreed. Agreed. Well, news out of Indianapolis, this, oh God, this Mm. guy, Carson Wentz. I was actually really excited to see what Carson Wentz could do. And, you know, I wanted to see him make a comeback, wanted to see him elevate that team. This is a Super Bowl team, potentially great defense, great run game, bringing in a decent quarterback really would have helped this team out. Carson Wentz, foot surgery, five to 12 weeks is the timetable. Doesn't sound good. Uh, Five weeks is Five to twelve is a really big, you know, time frame here. I, I just don't. Yeah, like it. it's not good. It's not good, John. And then you have Quentin Nelson with almost the exact same injury. He's out five to twelve weeks. I mean, brutal. Offensive line goes down and the falling apart. Yeah, it's it's such I mean, a shame. Here's the crazy thing, too. Again, we're not going to really dive super hardcore into this today, but this could be a situation where they bring on a veteran quarterback a veteran quarterback that has proven himself. Number one, number two is very cheap. Number three, by the name of Nick Foles, Nick Foles, we knew what happened in Philly. Imagine this could be bad. Think about this. This would be crazy. Carson Wentz goes down. Nick Foles wins the goddamn Super Bowl. Carson Wentz goes down in Indy. They bring in Nick Foles. I mean, can you imagine if he went to the Super Bowl or something crazy happened where he would be out of his mind? I mean, that's, we're in a simulation, Frankie. That is absolute proof from a simulation. Just saying. The other guy, the other guy to keep your mind on is Gardner Minshew. Who knows? I'm telling you, with them drafting Trevor Lawrence number one overall, that's their guy. They're running with him no matter what. 
don't be surprised if something happens with Gardner Minshew with the value that he's shown um, as a starting quarterback. He he can get the job done. He's not going to be flashy, but he's going to get the job done. I will tell you what's flashy is his mustache. Flashy. I was going to say he's flashy as hell, man. He looks like a porn star out there slinging balls. God, he does. Love that guy, though. He's got moxie, Frankie. He's got moxie goes a long way with me. Well, right now, I wish you could Jacob see my face. Eason is <laughs> <laughs> right now. Jacob Eason is the starter, uh, second year guy. He yep. was a fourth round draft pick, so you know we're not talking about a scrub here. So he's he's a guy right. they want to develop. But fuck, I don't feel good about good guy him, out of Georgia. Yeah, you know, yeah, good guy I, out I of Georgia. No, I don't either, man. There, it's not it's not a good place. I, this makes me really nervous too for for Jonathan Taylor. That's another story yeah, for another day. But it is, I know, Jonathan. You, you have to adjust Jonathan Taylor at this point. You just have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hurts. Think about something crazy here. I just want to give you a little mind bullet here, a little mind mind that can just sit and stew. Something crazy like Jimmy Garoppolo getting traded to the Colts. Think about that. Splash trade. That Trey Lance is balling. Crazy. Trey Lance is balling. We're going to talk about balling. it here in a few minutes. But all right, let's move on. Another a couple of injuries. We're not going to spend a lot of time, but just some news here to talk about. Devontae Smith, rookie wide receiver for Philadelphia, expecting to miss two to three weeks with a sprained MCL. He was the 10th overall pick. Eagles traded up to get him. I'm super high on this guy. He's an absolute star. Uh, it just makes you nervous. Just pay attention to it. Two to three weeks isn't bad, but he's a rookie. He's missing training camp. He's missing most of the preseason. You just you got to pay attention to that. On the plus side, however, he did play with Jalen Hurts in college. And it reminds me of Odell Beckham Jr. Remember when he was hurt? Completely agree. He was free in drafts, basically, because he came in hurt and his rookie season was insane. Well, they also have nobody else. They have nobody you have else. have nobody else. You know, I mean, Jalen Rager, we saw a glimpse of what he can do, and that's been pretty much nothing. He should be better this year, but still, you have Zach Ertz, Goddard, and honestly, Miles Sanders, and all of that, to be honest, is kind of average. So I'm I'm high on Devontae Smith, but definitely some something to keep your eye on with this with this injury here. Yep, yep. Just pay attention to it. Uh, other news uh, in my notes here. I've got Deshaun Watson, quarterback for the Houston Texans. All I have next to it is shit show, Frankie. I've got nothing else to say. Poop. It's just he was playing absolute safety. Rubbish. What are they doing? You put him on scout team safety. Like I, it's just I don't even know what to do with this guy, no. John. I mean, and, I don't know what to do with this with guy. You, just don't bother with any Houston Texans. You want to take a shot for some depth with David Johnson. Fine, right. but there is. This is the worst team in the NFL. Can't wait to see the Browns rip the shit out of this team in mm. the home opener. We're going to that mm. game, baby. Yes, Woo. we are. Dog check. Dog check. Woo! All right, let's move on here. Uh, Joe Burrow, quarterback, Cincinnati. Got some reports from the Athletic today. It, it's just not looking good right now, coming mm-hmm. off of his ACL. So something to very much pay attention to. They've got three stud receivers that are going to be extremely fantasy relevant. Joe Burrow was on fire last year for fantasy before he got hurt. So pay attention to that. Hopefully he progresses. I'd love to see him do really well this year. Kenny, Kenny Galladay also uh, came up today in uh, some injury news. Slight hamstring pull. Doesn't sound like a big deal. Keep an eye on that. I hate drafting wide receivers who have hamstring issues to start the season. Hate it. Brutal. 
Also, Dak Prescott uh, out of Dallas. Cowboys are just being really cautious with him. No, it's not the broken fucking ankle he had. It's a shoulder now. So it's a whole different injury. They're being cautious with him. So definitely pay attention to that. And that entire fantasy value of that entire fucking team depends on hundred. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, from Zeke all the way down. I mean, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb. I mean, Michael Gallup. I mean, you go down the line. The other thing is from the defensive side. I mean, they are going to get torched if they are on the field the entire game again. So I 100% agree with you. However, with this one, I'm very optimistic. I am as well. I, it's definitely something to keep your eye on. I'm very optimistic with Dak. Yeah, I am as well. It's just, just something to pay attention to, but I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to make sure we brought it up. All right, Frankie, let's get down to it. Let's get to the rookies. This was an amazing rookie draft class. One thing we've noticed in the NFL, you know, used to draft quarterbacks and they would sit behind the starter for three years and learn the offense. The way the NFL is anymore and the way these rookie contracts are built. They play these motherfuckers immediately. They want them on the field and they produce. They produce. They do. Yeah. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into quarterbacks, Frankie. Why don't you kick us off on a guy we haven't talked about a lot because I think he's been forgotten just because he's so goddamn good. So everybody just goes, yeah, and then there's this guy. Let's talk about the other guys. Give me a little bit about Trevor Lawrence, man. Trevor Lawrence, guys. I mean, first and foremost, you can get him in – you know, especially in a super flex league, which is the league we're really talking about here. We have multiple different leagues, but in a super flex league, to have him as your QB2 is fantastic. Guys, he is looking good in camp. He has Travis Etienne, who he was with in college. He has DJ Chark. He has Lavishka Le- uh, Sinault. They also have Marvin Jones, who is so underrated to come in and be that veteran presence. I mean, I am super high on this guy with an Urban Meyer style of offense. Um, this is really cool. The other cool things about that I really like about Trevor Lawrence is the fact that from, again, talking college here, the dude is a winner. I mean, holy shit, John. I mean, he lost two games and they were one was to Ohio State and the other was to Bama two or three games in in the playoffs and championship before that, he literally never lost in, in high school. And so you come into a guy that was the highest ranked quarterback since Peyton Manning. You have him slinging the ball in multiple different facets of offense. You have him leading the charge in the ACC player of the year. And then you bring in his his beautiful check down Travis Etienne. I am all in on Trevor Lawrence having a very good rookie year. Again, I'm not talking about an Aaron Rodgers level MVP season. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying a Justin Herbert last year undrafted guy in fantasy and balled out. I could see this guy replicating that and potentially beating a lot of the records that uh, Justin Herbert did. I mean, John, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, one thing I look at this from a fantasy perspective is the Jaguars remind me of the Bengals last year with Joe Burrow. Yeah. When Joe Burrow came in and they had three stud receivers, it's very much the same thing. It's almost a Cincinnati light uh, with Trevor Lawrence and his three receivers and a good running back. It's very similar to the Bengals. And the Bengals, quite honestly, to me, I look at them as the Cowboys light. It's very much the same situation. You've got a gunslinger quarterback, you've got three great receivers, and you've got a stud running back. So I think all of these teams, if these quarterbacks stay healthy and the teams stay healthy, they're going to be a lot of fun. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a blast to watch, man. I think he's going to really help your fantasy team. 
Oh, sunshine's coming in hot, baby. Sunshine's <laughs> Sunshine. coming in hot. Sunshine, baby. I love it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about uh, – here's a couple of guys that uh, I don't think a lot of people know a ton about, and especially on a team like the Jets where there's a lot of rookies here and a lot of new faces. Mm-hmm. Brand new head coach, new offensive coordinator. Talk to me about Zach Wilson. Love, love everything about Zach Wilson. This guy is coming in a bit undersized. He's coming in from a team that, again, is not in a Power 5 conference. So take all of that into consideration, right? However, he is one of the most electric individuals that played in college football. It got to the point where I was staying up at 11 o'clock at night for their start when they started the game at 11 o'clock at night just to watch this guy. I mean, he's throwing over 30 touchdown passes, over 4,000 yards. I mean, this guy was electric. So for him to go to a very interesting team, right? They they rebuilt the receiving core. They brought in Corey Davis. Um, they have quite a few different running backs that are available between Tevin Coleman. They also drafted a guy we're going to talk about here in a second, Michael Carter. Um who's electric at UNC. I mean, so you, and, and, and to be quite honest, I mean, to have a head coach like Robert Slaw, who comes from that 49ers mentality of understanding, obviously the defensive mind of things, but under, but looking at what Kyle Shanahan did and a lot of the things that he's going to look to replicate, I, I really like this guy. I'm not as high on him as like a for sure shot is what I would think of a Trevor Lawrence, but he could be one of these guys that come that come into the fold and you get him in tail end of a back round of 14 or 13. If there's 16 rounds, 17 rounds in your draft, why not? Especially as the third quarterback. So again, talking from a super flex style. Yeah, this I guy love picking draft him up as third, my third quarterback absolutely. all day long. Just to see. Absolutely. I want to see. And the other thing, he's mobile. He's mobile. People forget that. He's shifty, very shifty type of player. So I, I really do like Zach Wilson. I think he has um, a fairly interesting floor. I think his ceiling is a bit low in terms of I could see him being Drew Locke-esque. Um, however, if he stays healthy um, with some of the new weapons that they have added, I, I could see it being kind of an interesting guy for sure. Yeah, it's just hard to predict. I mean, it, it's funny to see you've got Trevor Lawrence with a rookie, you know, you got a rookie quarterback with a rookie running back. Same situation with the Jets, new head coach, new, you know, rookie running back, rookie quarterback. And let me tell you something about Zach Wilson. Here's what I really like about him. He's the whitest dude I've ever seen in my life. Is he a really Mormon <laughs> he's so guy? He's, I think that's why people like don't pay attention to him or don't get drafted. Yeah, totally. he's, he's just like this cute little way. He looks like he's 12 years old, man. I just want to put him in my fucking pocket. He's, he's just adorable. He's cute. He's cute. <laughs> All right. Super speaking cute. Of cute let's, let's move on to one of our Buckeye guys here. Oh, this. Justin I Fields. Am. Let's go. Tell me about mm. Justin Fields, man. I, I'm, I'm starting to get so. a little chub about him here. Dude, so I think he's going to take the winning job. I think he's going to start over Andy Dalton week one. Everything that is pointing to a guy that Chicago needs. Chicago, for those of you who don't know, have never had a guy who's passed over 4,000 yards. Think about what I just said. They've never had a quarterback pass for over 4,000 yards. They've Not never even had McMahon? a Not even the headband? Never. <laughs> They've never had a guy that had that's thrown over 30 touchdowns. The Red Rocket, I'm sorry. He is not the answer. You bring in a guy like Justin Fields, mind you, he's coming off an excellent season. 22 touchdown passes, six interceptions, 2,000 yards. You're probably like, dude, that's that's kind of sucks, right? 
wrong. That's in six games, guys. Six to seven games. Yeah, That's insane. Wow. Rushing yards on top of that, 517 last year. Think about the teams he has played. He's played the top echelon teams. Bama, destroyed Clemson, all of the Penn State, Michigan, right? You name it, he's played it. The other thing that's very interesting that is it's almost not quantitative is his IQ. If you really break down how he's able to shift the safeties with his eyes and then make the throws that what he did to Chris Olave and Grant Wilson, it will blow your mind. I am super high. I'm beating the table right now, John. I am super high on Justin Fields. I'm being ridiculous about it because they have Daryl Mooney. They have Allen Robinson, Cole Komet. You have a stud stud defensive line that is healthy. You have a stud linebacker um, cord that's healthy that will help you get the ball back. And then cherry on top of it all, David Montgomery. Yeah. That dude is going to be on fire. I am all in on Justin Fields. I think if worst comes to worst, he starts by week three. And I think he is going to take the NFL by storm. I do too. And I, and I know they're saying right now that Andy Dalton's our starter. They brought the guy in to be the starter. But they weren't expecting to get Justin Fields. He fell to them, and they're like, fuck, we got to take Justin Fields. He's going to start. It may not be week one. Depends how camp goes in the preseason. But I guarantee this guy starts. There's too much talent around him. It's too good of a team. All they need is a good quarterback, and they can get something going. So I, I like him a lot. All right, next 100%. guy here. I'm really high on this guy. This is another quarterback battle. I really want to see this guy take the job or at least get the job very soon. Trey Lance. Talk to me about Trey Lance from San Francisco. Yeah, man. Trey Lance is really interesting. And he's one of those guys that you just look at. He's a big dude, right? He's six foot four, 224 pounds, huge hands, got a cannon for an arm. We only saw him play once. And that's if you watched D1AA, right? FCS. Yeah. It's a little scary. It's, it's definitely a little sketchy. Now, again, they took him at number two. They went all in. San Francisco loves this guy. They do have Jimmy G. So now you evaluate him through training camp. You have a small sample size. You don't know what's going on. You add some pieces in the receiving core. You have the running backs to help out, which we're going to touch on again. Another big name running back there. But I, I do. I like Trey Lance. And he's one of those guys I'm almost – so unsure with him, whether because of Jimmy G and because we, I mean, based on highlights that I've seen and I've watched half of the only game he's played in 2020. Um, I just don't know, but I can tell you his training camp has been impeccable. His IQ from what John Lynch and what Shanahan has been saying is off the charts. He's a big team guy, which they love. So, I mean, again, I think this is a guy that you can pick up super late round, keep him on your bench as a third quarterback in a two quarterback league and really get excited at the opportunity that, hey, this guy could come on and he could be a very good tradable piece to maybe get a receiver two, to maybe even upgrade your running back core, depending on how you drafted. I don't know, John. That's kind of my philosophy on Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I think they brought this guy in. The reason why I think he's going to play sooner than later, and maybe they make a move to, to ship Jimmy G somewhere else for some other pieces, is because of the, the RPO, the run pass option I that agree. he can do. Totally that's, agree. that's the offense that Shanahan wants to run. And I think he fits that absolutely perfectly. You know, fun fact on that too, John, thinking back to 2019, right? So very small sample size, 2020, 2019, this guy tallied ridiculous 39 runs of 10 plus yards. Think about that. 39 runs of 10 plus yards as a quarterback. 
So I, I don't know. I just, he had 29 touchdowns and zero interceptions. So again, that's 2019. He's playing in a conference that again is the Carson Wentz of the world. Um, he's one of those guys that's going to be really exciting. Really exciting. So too, yeah. Tough division though. Toughest division Tough in football division. for sure. For sure. All right, let's move on. Mac Jones. We don't need to spend a ton of time on him. Uh, it sounds like Cam Newton's pretty much winning this job right now. But yeah. as we know, anything can happen. I do think Cam Newton's going to be better than he was last year. Uh, completely. I, he, he absolutely was not healthy. So we'll see. You know, I, Bill Belichick hates rookies. He's always hated rookies. Mm-hmm. He never wants to start a rookie, let alone a rookie to come in, learn their complicated offense, and then throw them out on the field. They're not going to do that. So I, this is a guy that could win the job, I think. I, I think this one's a little long-term play. I agree. I agree. Stick with Cam Newton here. I mean, we're talking about Cam Newton, a guy who was hurt last year, a guy coming on COVID year, brand new system, no receivers, no tight ends, no nothing. Yeah, he played terrible, played like absolute shit coming from the guy who had him. Um, But he did have 12 running touchdowns, right? There's something to be said about that. And he is balling out in camp. So Mac Jones is one of those guys shove way, way down your list. Don't really worry about it. If you can pick him up super late, great. If not, don't really stress out. No, but pay attention to how Cam Newton's playing and if the team is winning. Because if they're not, this could be a guy you could pick up midseason. Maybe stick him on there and and use him as a a little help in your quarterback or super flex there. Yep. All right, let's get to running backs. Here's some uh, really exciting guys in this running back list that I know for certain are going to get heavy workloads and they're going to produce right away. Let's talk about the guy who was drafted in the first round, Najee Harris. You know, as a Browns fan, Frankie, oh, God. You know, you look at that and you're like, fuck, that's a good pick. God damn it, Steelers, you know? They always get these guys, and this was a perfect fit. It was a perfect draft for them. He's going to fit right in. He's going to get his floor is 250 carries. He's going to see 250 to 300 carries this year, man. And when I see that, he's talented as hell, obviously. And in fantasy football, we all know the formula. When talent meets opportunity, you're going to get fantasy points. Oh, my God, John. I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, you're talking about a guy who, number one, doesn't have a lot of miles on him. And he didn't take over the starting job in college until the back half of 2019. Okay. Then he comes in and absolutely dominates last year, playing 13 games. Six foot two, 230, big guy. You know who he kind of reminds me of? And it's kind of weird because this guy isn't as big as Najee, but there's similarities. And it's a young Matt Forte. That's kind of what I'm putting together. When Matt Forte was. I like that. When, when he was real young, when you remember him as one of those top three, top four backs, early Chicago days, he was catching balls out of the backfield. He was borderline a, a I don't want to say a poor man's LT, but he obviously wasn't a Hall of Famer like LT, but he was really good. I see Najee Harris floor being that. Yeah. Like, I, I just really think this guy has something special. Um Right. You think about him last year, 1400 yards, 26 touchdowns on 252 carries. I mean, you bring him into a team with Anthony McFarland, Benny Snell, who are bad, who no, are not it's, good. It's his they had the opportunity. It's his backfield all alone. John, question for you. Would you take Najee Harris in the second round? A hundred percent. Would no you? Question. ADP right now, so average draft position. 
Najee Harris, he's the 11th running back off the board. I mean, he's an RB1. Yep. Yeah. And you got to think, there's what, eight going in the first round? Nine maybe going in the first round? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely – we're talking about, you know, half PPR or PPR league. I'm taking that, you know, running back. To get him as my RB2 if I take another running back, are you kidding me? You pair him up a Zeke and a Najee Harris together, you're talking almost 600 carries, you know, between those two guys. That's just – Absolute workhorse. The only thing I'm concerned about slightly is the offensive line for the Steelers. It's not great. They lost some pieces. That's the only knock. But otherwise, I think you can feel so good taking this guy in the second round, even as your RB1. If you pick up a a stud receiver, you get a Devontae, you get a um, Stephon Diggs to pair him up with Najee Harris. Tyreek Hill, one of those guys. Yeah, I love it, man. So draft him. Draft him often. All right, number two, Travis Etienne. Talk to me about mm. Travis Etienne. Reunited, so, and it feels so good uh, with Trevor dude, Lawrence. You, tr- Trevor Lawrence has got to be just licking his chops with this. I mean, like, what What could you want? I mean, as a quarterback, you have your your comfort blanket, like, coming with you. I mean, it's these two cozy, have literally played cozy together. Little blankie. He's They're just, just warming cozy up. up to it's him. just, wow, little cozy by the fireplace and hot chocolate. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's what Trevor Lawrence is thinking. Travis Etienne, guys. Super fast, super shifty, excellent at what he does. And what he does is catching balls out of the backfield, hits the holes quickly. Ran a 4-4-140. He is not a big guy, right? We just talked about Najee Harris being six foot two, six foot two and a half-ish. This guy's five foot ten, right? So he's definitely on the smaller end. However, he is the guy who is the check down magnet. He really, I mean, John, I mean, this is crazy to say. There's, there's comparisons out there that, hey, this guy's very similar to Cam Akers. This guy's kind of similar to a, a poor man's Alvin Kamara. I don't know. I mean, this guy's interesting, right? He he Last year, he only ran for 923 yards. The year before that, 1,600. The year before that, 1,600. So I think if he gets a shot, the only thing that I'm worried about here, John, is James Robinson. Yeah. Right? The dude balled the hell out. I mean. He did. With a shit quarterback on a shit team. And they still had a good running game. So that's that's what gives me hope for ATN is that they can still develop a running game just like they did last year. The team has clearly improved with somebody under center. They have to respect the pass. They brought in some receivers as well. That you can say that yes, James Robinson is there. However, it's a new head coach. They did yep. not draft James Robinson. They went after Travis Etienne. So I, I, I just I think they're gonna. It could be a a one A one B situation for a little I while. Agree. But I do think Travis Etienne does take the job. I think he'd be John, safe he- to bring in as your third running back with hopes yep. that he takes the job full time, or maybe he's just super efficient. When it comes to PPR, when it comes to catching some passes, coming in on third downs, he could be like an Alvin Kamara type situation where he's not getting 20 touches a game, but he's super efficient with those touches. So could you say that this could be with James Robinson, Travis Etienne, right? Could you say that this would be Vikings of four years ago with Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray? Like oh, that very kind much of so. duo? It, it very well could be. I, it just depends on on what Urban Meyer wants to do, which I'm saying that ironically. Urban Meyer runs the fucking ball. Loves this dude. He runs the fucking ball. That's what he wants to do. So there could be a lot of value there. Now, when it comes to drafting, I'm staying away from Robinson because I don't like drafting guys that are going to lose the job. Um, yeah. And when it comes to value, I, I'd much rather take ATN after James Robinson in the draft. 
Oh, I agree. And then you factor in Carlos Hyde. Uh, granted, Carlos Hyde, not even draftable pretty much. But No, but that guy comes that in, in with Carlos Hyde, everywhere he goes, he ruins the fucking line. running back. He ruins the mm-hmm. running back on the team, and it drives me crazy. 100%. It's fucking nuts, man. I mean, from the 49ers to here, you know what I mean? I mean, it's just, it's just brutal. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I mean, he did the same shit in Houston. Right. I mean, came in, had what, almost a thousand yards or a thousand yards or something like that. And then now he's moving here. I could see him taking some of the load from James Robinson um, and then Travis Etienne eventually being that that pass catching type of role. So, yeah, I like him. I'm not obsessed with him. I think it's I think he's an interesting guy. Agreed. All right. Next, we've got rookie running back from Denver, Javante Williams. I like this guy a lot. He's electric as hell. We got one little problem with this guy, though. We got a Mm -hmm. Melvin Gordon problem. And the problem with that is that Melvin Gordon was really fucking good last year. Believe it or not, he was really good last year. He was super efficient. He ran well. Here's the thing that I don't like is now if you're talking about a dynasty league, absolutely jump on this guy immediately. But with Melvin Gordon, he's not going to be on the team next year. He's definitely in the twilight of of his career. He's not going to be signed with the team next year. This is his last year there. They're going to run the tits off this guy. They're going to run him to the ground. 100%. Which leads me to believe he could get hurt very well, very quickly. They could give him 20 touches a game for the first three games, and then Javante Williams comes in to spell him and ends up taking the job. I mean, completely. I mean, you're talking Melvin Gordon, final year of his contract. Right. Like there's so much up in the air at Denver between the quarterback situation, the running back situation. I do think Melvin Gordon is going to produce like I do. I think exactly what you said. I think it's just by sheer volume. I think it will be absolutely absurd. And I think that exactly what you said, they're going to run the absolute tits off this guy um, to where he might get hurt. And then. Javante Williams. I mean, the dude was a stud at UNC. Him and Michael Carter. I mean, we're going to talk about Michael Carter, but you did not want to come down on Javante Williams. If you're a safety, if you're a linebacker, the dude hit the hole. He was an absolute power style runner. He fits the offense perfectly for Denver. Again, they do have Melvin Gordon. I don't, I don't know. I mean, stash him for a bit. You might be able to get him in the sixth round, Javante Williams. And I think that you'll be pretty happy with that. Agreed. All right. Next guy we're talking about rookie running back, San Francisco, Trey Sermon. Another battle going on. We know how this team produces running backs. They it's ridiculous what San Francisco does. They'll have three running backs. You could draft all three of them. You have no idea who to start, but you're going to have guys just pop off huge runs. You're going to have you know two or three thousand yard rushers with a bunch of touchdowns. That bodes well. They did get rid of Jarek McKinnon. They did get rid of yep. a couple of the pieces right now. Raheem Mostert is the starter, uh, but I, I just don't think they love Raheem Mostert. Trey Sermon is super talented. I I'm, I'm really excited about him. I'm trying to snag him in every draft that I can. Again, it's one of those situations we keep saying that's a broken record. We've seen it with rookie running backs. We saw it with Jonathan Taylor last year. Super frustrating in the beginning because you've got a crowded backfield with a super talented rookie sitting there waiting for his opportunity. And once Mac, um, uh, what's his name? Mac went down, then Jonathan Taylor just blew up the back half. I mean, he won people leagues. He ended up being like the running back five or something crazy from last year. So I think Trey Sermon has that opportunity as well. What do you think? 
I agree. I mean, you look at Jeff Wilson, right? Like when Raheem Moster went down, Jeff Wilson stepped up, went absolute ape shit, and then he got hurt. So what people probably forget is Jeff Wilson is a damn good talent. Raheem Mostert is a damn good talent. They can't stay on the field. So then you bring in Trey Sermon, who, mind you, that's a second round pick. You do not take a quarterback in the second round if you're not high on this guy, right? You just don't. So the interesting thing about Sermon, though, is there's not really that big of a sample size. I mean, I mean, you look at he, yeah, he blew up for Ohio state the last four or five games prior to that. It was master Teague's team. Um, and master Teague got hurt, which is why he was able to step in. So I agree, John full heartedly with what you're saying. I think he's the guy for he moster goes down shit. He might even end up starting or there'll be a committee. The, The key word to what I said, for those of you who aren't really diving in with a lot of this stuff is committee. Stay away from committees unless you're getting them in the back end of drafts. You hold on to them. They are not immediate starters for the most part, if you can help it. Right. I mean, John, your opinion, committees, just not that good. Not not exciting. No, it doesn't excite me. I try to avoid it as much as possible. You know, we're going to know a lot more, obviously, after preseason. But, yeah, when you've got a running back by committee, which means they're using multiple running backs, which nearly every team does. It's hard to find. That's why you've got those guys in the first round, like yep. uh, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Zeke, mm. uh, I mean, Derek Henry. I mean, Kamara. these are true Kamara. These are true workhorse guys that are not in a committee. But you do have to take shots with these guys, though, because we all know running backs go down. There's injuries all season long. You're always trying to find that 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 diamond in the rough, you know, and waiver wire. So if you can stash a couple of these rookies that maybe don't get the opportunity early, the guy goes down or isn't playing well, you've got an immediate starter for your team that could be a stud, or you've got massive trade bait. Agreed. Right, last, last running back on our list here, Frankie Michael Carter. Another rookie matched up with a rookie quarterback with a new head coach. That's a very common theme we're seeing here in this uh, segment. Talk to me about Michael Carter. Yeah. So, I mean, he was the other guy in UNC, right? So you had Javante Williams, who was the absolute bell cow in terms of he was brute force, right? You had thunder and lightning. You know what I mean? Peanut butter and jelly, right? <laughs> shake and bake, things like that. Javante shake and Williams, bake, baby. Shake and bake, baby. Javante Williams was that guy between the tackles. Michael Carter was the guy on the outside, right? So it was kind of interesting seeing where Michael Carter got drafted, right? He was behind Javante Williams and a lot of the stuff. The funny thing was, though, he actually had more yards rushing than Javante Williams. He also had more catches than Javante Williams. Like, so it's, it, this is really, really tough. Um, I think the one thing that I like a lot about him is, is the fact that he's in a good position. I mean, you have a new head coach, a new quarterback, new scheme. You have Tevin Coleman there. You have, I mean, uh, a few of the other guys. I mean, uh, what is it? Michael Pirine or something like that? Perrine? And it's just, they sucked. They haven't done anything. They had their opportunity last year and they didn't do anything with it. So I think you have some fresh blood here. I think actually... He might be, if he gets the opportunity and really proves out to be 
the guy that they drafted him to be, I think he could be a top 30, top 25 back this year. And I know that's insane, right? You're like, there's 32 teams, but it's actually pretty interesting. I mean, he could be one of those guys that's a, that's a very tradable piece. I mean, you trade him when he, in a week that he blows up and has 15, 16 points. And maybe the, the following week he has 11 points, something like that. That's a guy that might generate some interest. So then, Again, I don't think he's going to ever be this season an RB1. I don't think he's going to be an RB2. He might be a high-end RB3, RB4. But, I mean, the dude was electric in college. You give anybody a shot. Nobody thought James Robinson would be anything, and he took the, the NFL by storm last year. I don't know, John. That's kind of it's, – it's like I'm moving my hands, right? I don't really know. I don't you know, know what I mean? I, I, like, I don't know what to do with my hands, man. I don't know. I don't know. So – yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I agree. But you can get him super late. He's a guy that I like to take as a dart throw and just see if anything happens. If if nothing yeah. happens, you can always drop him and uh, you know go from there. All right, let's jump to wide receivers. We've got some really exciting wide receivers that I think are going to make immediate impacts on fantasy teams. Let's talk about. Uh, I'm going basically in order of ADP here, but let's look at Devontae Smith from Philly. We talked about him a little bit. Got a little 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 tweak, a little little thing there, you know, something to pay attention to, two to three weeks. Sounds like he's gonna be okay, but monitor that. What does what opportunity can Devontae Smith bring on your fantasy? Well, team? first first and foremost, you look at what Alabama's produced. Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Jerry Judy. That's insane. This guy had almost That's more yards good. than all of them. Pretty good. Average. Average at best, yeah. right? Yeah. 1,800 yards and 23 touchdowns with the Heisman Trophy in a national championship. What the hell more could you want, right? So the thing is, the the big drawback, obviously, keep an eye on the injury here. Big drawback is not so much him. I actually think he's going to do pretty damn well. I think he could have, you know, an 800-yard, 900-yard season. That's a really damn good season. I think the issue is, what's Jalen Hurts going to do? Right. Like that is a huge question. We don't really know. I mean, yeah, they have some synergy there, John. I mean, from playing at Bama together and 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 they had that tie. But I don't know if I'm really sold on Jalen Hurts. It makes me nervous that that he's also pretty much their main guy too. from Devontae Smith being a receiver standpoint. And he's your rookie like Jalen Rager on the opposite end. I mean, it's just not. Ah, it's, it's just not like there's sexy. Travis, this team feels not. like it's cursed. Like they sold their soul to the devil to win that Super Bowl. It, yeah. And ever since then, they've just been fucking cursed. But he's going to have a ton of opportunity. He's going to have ton. a ton of volume, assuming he's healthy. He's got a Jalen Hurts problem. I know a lot of the the fantasy experts, you know, Jalen Hurts is kind of like the quarterback darling this year, which I'm not really yeah. sure why. I know he's got a high floor with the rushing but I, I just think it, it's going to take a long time for this team to develop. I don't see them coming out full of piss and vinegar right off the bat. I'm with you. All right, let's look at number two here, Jamar Chase. This guy, mm. oh, God, how much did Joe Burrow? I'm going to come. That's exactly what. Don't you come. Do not come. Don't you come. Do, Do not, not come. come. I'm going to come. That's Joe Burrow, man. He was so excited to get this guy. They specifically drafted, drafted Jamar Chase. To go along like your peanut butter and jelly, you know, analogy that I don't quite understand. But this feels more like peanut butter and jelly to me. It's two great tastes that taste great together. Jamar Chase is coming in with an absolute stud receiving core with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. They've got a really strong running back, a workhorse back with uh, uh, Joe Mixon. 
this this team, like I said, is going to be the Dallas Cowboys light. I think which yeah. means they're not going to be a great team. I still think they're going to be the worst team in the division. They're going to struggle to win five, six, seven games, but they're going to have a lot of fantasy value. Their defense is terrible. Uh, offensive line has some issues. They, they shorted up a little, but not very well. But they're going to yeah. be chucking the ball all over the yard. And Jamar Chase is going to eat in this offense, man. Oh man, I agree. The one, the one thing people need to realize is they're probably for those of you who aren't college football buffs, you're, you're you, you might have forgot about the guy, right? Sat out because of COVID, right? He was on that 2019 year with Joe Burrow, and he was insane, almost 1,800 yards. He almost had a perfect PFF rating was on so 20 good. plus yards. He had, I mean, it was it was mind numbing. He was guaranteed a top five pick, anyways. If he would have, if he would have uh, gone out that year, I mean, it's just crazy. So, I love this dude. I am so high on this guy. I actually am going to take a super hot take here and say that he is the number one receiver this year on the Bengals offense. He will have more yards than T. Higgins. He will have more touchdowns than Tyler Boyd. I am all in on Jamar Chase. He is absolutely electric. He is one of my breakout players of this year. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason not to think that. The other thing that he's going to do is he's going to make Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins better. Way better. They're going to be open. I mean, they're basically replacing a broken down A.J. Green with Jamar Chase. I mean, dude, he's so fast. I'm in. I'm in. And it's just crazy. I mean, and this guy's hungry, John. He hasn't played. He hasn't played in in over a year. I mean, this guy wants it so bad. And so I am so all in on this dude. I love it. I love everything about it. Love it, man. All right, let's go on to the next guy. Jalen Waddell out of Miami. Not a real well-known guy. Um, Coming into a situation with Tua, which, uh, you know, he's got a Tua problem. Definitely not going to lie. Tua needs to take a step up this year and and, and really develop as a quarterback. Um, But, you know, him coming into this Miami receiving core really confuses me because I don't know Mm. who to take. You've got Jalen Waddell. You've got Devontae Parker. um, Who's the third guy out in Miami? Will Fuller. Will Fuller they just brought in. How about that? So. These guys all confuse me. I, they're all very good receivers. Uh, I just think they don't have a very good quarterback. So I, I, I don't know where the fantasy value is going to come. I'd love to take a flyer on Jalen Waddle if I can get him at the right price. But it's risky for sure. Yeah, John, I'm with you, man. I'm just not super high on the guy. People think there are so many analysts out there that think that he was the number one receiver in this draft class. And he was electric at Bama before he got hurt. The thing is, he's already had a serious injury in Bama. He goes to a team that his defense is incredible. Their offense is weird. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, yeah, it's weird. I, I think that they're going to be – my feeling with Miami is that they're going to be a very boring team. They were good last year. They've got a great they defense. Very they're very efficient. They're smart. They love to run the ball. They've got the weapons now on the outside, but – it, it might be a really fucking boring team. I just don't know. And you got to waddle that shit, man. You got to waddle, waddle that, that shit. shit. You got to smack that, that shit, shit to the bench. Waddle <laughs> that shit to the bench and get somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I, I like it, man. All right, let's move on to another guy here. Uh, Baltimore taking another swing for the fences. They just keep trying and trying till they hit on a receiver. Rashad Bateman. 
I mean, they need a receiver. If there's any team in the world that needs a receiver, it's these guys. Can this oh, so can Rashad bad. Bateman be the guy in Baltimore? Here's the question. Is Lamar Jackson going to be able to get him the ball? And here's the thing, and this is the God honest truth. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. I am so a Lamar Jackson fan. I thought his MVP years was the most electric thing I've seen in a long time. I thought that his accuracy was on point from a short and medium game. His deep throws were average, but were good enough to get the job done. I'm actually nervous here. And I say that because you bring in a Sammy Watkins, right? You have Hollywood Brown. You have Mark Andrews. You have a few of these other guys that have been fighting for the ball and for and, and and for Lamar Jackson to get him the ball, and he hasn't been able to hit them. So it, it's kind of weird. This guy was an absolute stud at Minnesota, right? Tall guy, crazy fast. Um, I just people compare him a little bit to Justin Jefferson, and when you hear that, you're like, holy shit, yeah. But what you don't realize is, is Justin Jefferson had Adam Thielen on the opposite side. You have Dalvin Cook running the ball. You have an absolute incredible head coach in Zimmer. Not taking anything away from Harbaugh. But I just – this is a little bit weird for me as well. I would put him in kind of that same boat as Jalen Waddle, right? I, I think Lamar is a better quarterback than Tua, obviously. But – I don't know, John. I mean, it's a volume problem, Frankie. It's that's, a, it's that's a volume it is. problem. This is a running team. This is a smash mouth football team that wants to run it down your fucking throat. And they just don't have the passing volume. I, I will admit in all of my mock drafts, one of my last picks is Rashad Bateman because I sit there and go, they want to throw it to somebody. He's a tall guy. He's, he's a big guy. Maybe he gets some, some uh, end zone looks and, and gets some looks in the red zone. But, you know, it is a flyer, bottom line. I just don't think it's yeah. enough volume to get there. But he could be a guy you can put in there from time to time. I agree. I agree. So right. question on that yeah. real quick, John, yeah. before we hit. Would you draft any of those receivers in the first six rounds? Absolutely not. No. I don't think so either. It's one of those teams. I mean, first of all, Hollywood Brown is dead to me. Fuck you, Hollywood Brown. And by the way, Hollywood is Hollywood, Florida, not Hollywood, California. So... I'm done with you. You're you're dead to me. I, I don't want you anywhere near my team. Don't talk to my players. You're, you're done. Don't even look at him. No, don't look at my guys, man. It's no, absolutely not. Now, I, I just I don't like teams that don't have the volume. If you don't have the volume, then you're not going to get the opportunity. And I don't want those guys on my team. You'll never know when to start them. All right, let's move on to Elijah Moore for the New York Jets. What do you think mm. about this guy? Not a well-known oh, man, guy. I'm, not a guy everybody's really targeting. No. I think there's there's a chance for some opportunity. It could be sneaky. And it's cr- I, I think it, I think you're a hundred percent right. I think that the fact that he's not being talked about more is just from people not watching him a lot, right? He played at Old Miss, right? Who's another guy that comes to mind recently that played at Old Miss? DK Metcalf, oh, right? God, Different guys, oh. but the speed is mm. there. He he is a top notch guy. I mean, this dude quietly had over eleven hundred yards last year. Quietly in a in a offense that was electric as hell. I mean, this offense. I think the quarterback corral threw six touchdowns against Alabama last year. Something like that. Something insane. So they're slinging it. The issue here. With Elijah Moore solely rests and they have a slot guy and that slot guy has proved himself in Jamison Crowder. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's kind of like, what do you do? Right. You draft this guy high, 
you, you have a new quarterback in Zach Wilson. We talked about the new running back. We talked about the new head coach, the new OC. And you bring in Corey Davis. You have Jamison Crowder. You have a few of these other pieces. And it's just like, what is this going to look like? So I think this guy could be really special. I think he could be really interesting. I think he's also actually on the right team because I think eventually the Jets are going to move on from Jameson Crowder. Love the dude. Absolute, absolute dynamite flex. He's just getting old. He's just getting old. Um, so I think that eventually this is going to be the guy, but I'm, uh, it's like one of those things where I think he has – I let me put it like this. Hot take here. I would take Elijah Moore over Rashad Bateman. Oh, yeah. I would take him over Rashad Bateman right now. Yeah, and that's like crazy because, that. you know, so I just think that he has a little bit more opportunity um, and they're going to be able to get him the ball a little bit, a little bit quicker. Um, so, but again, I don't know. It's one of those guys, stash him on your bench. Don't think too much about it. Um, he might not even be drafted, quite honestly, John. I mean, you might see him as a guy after the first, second, third week, somebody goes down, you pick him up. You better be on the waiver wire looking for Elijah Moore. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <clears throat> he'll be drafted. I'll draft him. I, I love those dart throws. I'll draft him. He doesn't play. He doesn't do anything. I drop his ass. That's just what I like yeah. to do. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on to tight ends. We never, ever talk about rookie tight ends, but, well, oh my God. we found a fucking unicorn here, man. It's like the dating Dude. apps. You know, you keep swiping left and swiping left and looking for the unicorn. And boom, there he is right there in fucking Atlanta. Kyle Pitts. I mean, can you believe the, the goddamn hype on this guy, man? I mean, they're, they're literally saying that he is, could be the best rookie tight end of all time. Of all time. I mean, that, that's the hype. That's where they're putting this guy. So when you're drafting Kyle Pitts, and yes, he's a freak. Oh, my God. I mean, he's just he, – he's so sexy. It's unbelievable. He's just an absolute beast. They keep showing on Bleacher Report these catches he's making in camp. I mean, he's just – He's a stud, man. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he's just like a Terminator. It's insane. But you're paying for it. I mean, you're you're, you're drafting you're it. drafting this guy as the number four overall tight end. So he has to produce up to his hype in order to get value for it. Are you gonna you're gonna be drafting Kyle Pitts in the fourth? Oh, dude, that's so hard. That's so hard because I watched him so much in Florida. I mean, dude, the the guy's hype is real. I mean, honestly, and I'm and I'm being so serious when I say this, John. I think he in the last five to ten years in the draft, in the real NFL draft, I think he is in the top ten best prospects. And I say that because he is so dynamic and so special. He is six foot six, runs a four four forty, had over eight hundred or um, seven hundred and fifty yards receiving. Absolute freak of nature, going to an offense that is going to drool over him because Julio's not there. They have Hayden Hurst, which is a really good tight end, right? That will help bring him along. They have Calvin Ridley. You have Mike Davis as your running back at this point in time. Maybe Javian Hawkins, somebody like that comes up. But I am really high on this guy. To answer your question, I don't know. And I don't know because at four, you're definitely going to have to take him in the fourth round if you want him. Fourth or fifth round. I mean, 100%. 
And to really bet on on a rookie tight end like that over somebody where you could get an OBJ as a receiver, you could get a Tyler Boyd, a DJ Chark, a, you know, shit, you might even be able to get a Javante Williams. You know, like maybe can I, can I be know? frank for a second? Can I be frank for a second? Please be frank. All right. Let me be frank for a second. I fucking really want him. Oh, my God. I just I think it would be so fun to have on your team. Yeah, you're going to pay a price for it. But if you can draft properly and you can adjust for it, I think it would be so much fun. I'm so excited about this guy. I think what they're going to do is in in a lot of talk in camp right now, uh, a lot of the speculation is that they're going to play him like a Travis Kelsey type player where he's going to be split out. He's going to be in motion. They're going to do a lot of weird shit with this guy to confuse defenses because they're going to be looking at him, man. There's a lot of targets available now that Julio's gone. So uh, I just think the opportunity's there, and he's an absolute freak of nature. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm too. I'm I'm too for sure. Matt Ryan, this could be his new guy with Calvin Ridley. It could be really cool to see. Could we could really revitalize him a little bit? Oh, think about him in the red zone. Think about him just uh, standing in the end zone and just uh, destroying guys. I'm, I'm really excited about him. All right. Well, that is our rookie review. And, uh, you know, one thing we're going to be doing here in this podcast, we're giant, giant Browns fans. We're from Akron, Ohio. We grew up with orange and brown. We've gotten our fucking teeth kicked in for the past how many years? It's just, I mean, we've been an embarrassment for so long. So every week, every podcast, we're going to have a segment at the end here called Down to Brown. Because we're down to Brown, man. It's going to be our Browns update. We're going to talk about take it. You we're to going to see town. what's happened. I'm taking you all the way down to Brown Town, baby. Mm. We need Sean on here to start yelling out some here we here go brownies. Here we go brownies. Here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah. We need that. We need Sean on here for the Browns session. Yeah. We do. Let's talk about the Browns a little bit, man. I mean, I am oh, – I got goosebumps right now just thinking about it. But I'm so uh. scared. I'm so scared because the hype is insane. I mean, they're talking about the Browns. Their their opening game is against the Chiefs. And all of the experts, all the commentators, they're saying, this is a preview for the AFC Championship. I'm like, you guys, shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. We can't. I mean, we can't look up to that. We could win 10, 11 games this year, and it looks like a disappointment. That's what scares me. I mean, dude, I mean, like just going back to last season was something magical. For those of you that aren't Browns fans – it was magic. And the thing is, is we're even better this year. Like on paper, we are light years better this year, especially on the defensive side. I mean, for a team not to even touch their offense, literally 100% is coming back on their offense. That's fucking absurd. And then you add an entire new defense. I mean, literally an Nine entire new defense. new starters on defense this year. Nine. That's insane. That's insane. I mean, it's just, it's the most excited the city has been. It's the most excited that, John, I mean, we have been. I mean, dude, from the tickets, from having the nosebleed seats to all of the bullshit, all the quarterbacks. I remember the shirts with the, you remember that? With the oh, quarterback like names all quarterbacks down listed down. From, oh, it's embarrassing, I mean, man. We've been an embarrassing. To now. I had season to tickets now. to the Browns for 10 years when they came back in 1999. 10-year season tickets. It was brutal. There were so many terrible games. We saw us get our asses kicked. We would just, all you do is just get drunk. That's what post-game Johnny, post-game Sean came from. I mean, just, you got drunk, you cried, you went home, felt like somebody kicked you in the nuts. 
But now, man, I mean, the hype is real on paper. Hey, John. Great. We're going to the home opener. We're, we are going to that. We're home going opener. there. Oh, yeah, we're going baby. there. Oh, yeah, baby. So speaking of, I have a chub. I have a fucking chub. I you know why? I do know because why. we locked this dude up, Nicholas Jeremiah. Don't know if that's his middle name. <laughs> chub for three years, thirty-six million dollars, twenty of it guaranteed. John, what is your thoughts when you see this? It's a great contract. It's fair on both sides. It puts him in like fourth or fifth highest paid average per year running back uh, in the league. He deserves it, man. I mean, this is. I, we we had to, we have to make decisions this year as Browns fans and as the organization. There's four guys that we need to re-sign: Baker Mayfield being one of them, Nick Chubb, uh, Denzel Ward, and Wyatt Teller. And what are we gonna? We can keep two of the four. I mean, this is like playing fantasy football. You know, you have to. It really is keep trade cut basically. I was not expecting that they were going to sign Chubb in the beginning of this season. They just Ugh. most teams just don't respect running backs because they get hurt. Their shelf life is small. They just, and not only that, we've got Kareem Hunt locked up. So I thought for sure that I was going to cry at the end of this year because they were going to let Chubb go and run with Kareem Hunt. But the fact that they signed him makes me so happy. We've got Chubb and Hunt locked in for the next couple of years. It's just so much fun. He's such a good guy. Doesn't talk any shit. He does his job. He's just one of the most respected running backs in the league. And I'm so happy he got paid. I'm all in on Chunt, man. Chunt. Chunt, baby. C-H-U-N-T. You know, that sounds get like something going. you could say to get you canceled, man. Start talking about I Chunt. I know. I know. You're right. I'll go back to Chubbs. Yeah. Stop acting like so a So speaking of, John, speaking of uh, those other contracts, that, that brings up a really good point. Yeah. I mean – what do you, I mean, we, do we, let me ask you a very pointed question. What do you think about Baker? Everybody's talking about it. What do you think about Baker? He, we picked up his fifth year. Well, we're going to pick up his fifth year next year. Yeah. So we have him through next year. Well, what do we do? This, this is a big year for Baker. I mean, I think Baker proved last year that he's a very good quarterback. He knows how to play. And honestly, I give all of that credit to Stefanski. I think the head Incredible. coach just it, it once it clicked, it clicked, and you know the guy is, it, yeah, he's got the moxie, he's he's got the 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 attitude and the and the hype and the excitement, and I love that in a player. But he's also extremely smart. He's also mm-hmm. a really good leader. He's not a fucking nightmare in the locker room. He's not a nightmare off off the field. I just I think he's a great leader, man, and I think they built a really good team around him. I don't think he's ever going to put up gaudy numbers and, and you know go absolutely apeshit because the team's not built for that. But he could be really. I think he's set up to have a really efficient year, and if he can do that, he's going to get paid. He's going to be our quarterback for a long time. You think he signs for more than five years? I bet he would, does. Let me let me rephrase this. Would you, if you're the if you're Andrew Barry, would you sign Baker? after this coming year to a five-year deal? Yes, I would. I would if Baker shows, if he continues to do what he did last year and and be with the addition of everybody we've got on our defense, he's not going to have to go crazy. I think he can be much more of a Russell Wilson type player to where when the game's on the line, he can put it on his back make it happen and get us there, get that big third down. I mean, that's what he's going to have to do. I think he's able to do it, man. And if he can show that, yeah, I think they lock him in for a five-year deal. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. And I wanted to know your honest opinion because we just haven't seen a quarterback like this in Cleveland. No. Like since Kosar. I mean, that's the God honest truth. We just haven't seen it. And so I'm with you, man. I think I think that's one of the things we really look forward to and really push forward and, and eventually get this locked up for him. The other guy, too, man, that is also on the offense, Wyatt Teller. I mean, he's a guy, John, that this is – we. Ha- you have to resign it. I mean, how insane is it that this guy was rated the number two highest graded player, highest graded player on PFF in last year behind Aaron Rodgers, who won MVP, right? And mind you, he is only playing this season for 900, and I'm saying only, right? In quotes, I understand, but it's $920,000. In football terms, that is nothing. It's nothing. It is nothing. Yeah. So, how do we keep a guy like this? I mean, right. We, we, we need a guy like this, but how do we keep a guy like this? I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know if we can, to be honest with you, now that they paid Chubb, I just don't know that they can. I mean, he's going to get a max contract. He's probably going to be the highest paid offensive lineman in the league next year. So I, I just, I don't know how we can. I hope that Andrew Barry can figure it out and, and move some pieces around or, or, or cut some cap space next year. I don't know how we're going to be able to do it, but I hope we can. I mean, him pulling as a guard and just crushing and pancaking guys. It's one of the main reasons why our offense was so good last year. I mean, he's just absolutely incredible. So I, I hope we can keep him. I hope we can sign him. I don't know how that can happen. Uh, you know, they're going to have to get very creative with the money, but man, I fucking hope so. I fucking hope so. I can tell you one thing, the fourth guy, He's not going to be on our team next year. I agree. I think. I know. I think it's just That's an a easy one. I love Ward. I think he's incredible. He's just, he's got a nose for the ball. He hits hard as hell. I love him. But first of all, he only plays half the season, you know, and now if we can solidify and keep healthy, the, the defensive backs that we've got, we've got so much depth now that I, I just think it's an easy decision to let him go. I mean, you think about assigning Troy Hill. Right. Big deal. Big deal from the Rams. Signing him is a slot corner who can play outside. You then take with your number one overall pick or the excuse me, your first round pick, Greg Newsom, Absolute stud out of Northwestern. Overall. I mean, it's just I agree, man. It's going to be it's really going to be tough. And this goes back to we have a limited amount of time, the Browns do, to keep this peak level with this talent that we have based on contract situations. So I really think that now Browns are setting themselves up to be very good for a very long time. However, it's these contracts that kind of suck, right? Because you don't, like what you said, you love them. Like Ohio State guy, he's a Cleveland guy, Mayfield Heights, right? I mean, you love the guy, but he's going to get paid. And he's he going to have to get paid. And you know what? Football's a business, man. As much as I want to keep him, it's it's not unlimited funds. The the salary cap goes down next year, and it, you know some guys are going to suffer because of that. And I think Denzel Ward is one of them, unfortunately. But hey, let's talk about this defense real quick. I, I mean, how excited are you to see what the hell happened oh. to this defense? I mean, it's oh. completely revamped. Uh, John Johnson, incredible. John, John Johnson. John, son of John. I son so of excited John. Of him. Oh, God. So excited. He's the guy. He wore the green dot on his helmet in L.A., which had the number one defense last year in the NFL. He was the play caller. 
He's the coach on the field. I'm so excited to finally have a guy like that on our defense. And oh, the dude. other pieces they brought in. Oh. I mean, go, it's incredible. Go ahead and talk for a little bit because I'm, I'm, I'm actually touching myself. Oh, man, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you're talking about this guy in John Johnson who comes over and is, number one, he's being an absolute superstar in training camp. Number two, he's a hell of a dude off the field. Number three, he was the play caller at the Rams. He was one of the guys that solidified that defense. We take him. We take Troy Hill. You start bringing in some of these other dudes that was kind of the crux of our team. Right. Like last year, like our defensive backs, Grant Delpit got hurt. Greedy Williams got hurt. Denzel Ward got hurt. We haven't right. even seen Delpit yet. We haven't even seen Delpit. We've seen very little of Greedy. I mean, we've got all these high draft picks. These are first round draft picks that we haven't even seen play football yet. And to have this guy come in for not one, not two, three years. Three years. And then you, dude, it's just, it's just amazing. I get excited. I used to play safety in college. Seeing this guy's intelligence on the backfield is just incredible. He also, one cool thing that I read, he learned a lot from LaMarcus Joyner. And Joyner was a superstar, right? And one of the things that he's bringing to the Browns is that mentality of third down, play third down, every single third down, like it's the Super Bowl. Right. To get off the field, bring that tenacity. So now you have Miles Garrett drooling in the front alongside Jadavion Clowney. You have Anthony Walker, who is solidifying our linebacking core. And then you bring in John Johnson in the back end to help really make this cohesive. I am obsessed with this. Andrew Barry, thank you so fucking much. Oh, my God. I mean, that guy, tell you what. I mean, he, how good of a job have they done just building this team? I mean, building the Browns. Incredible. I get the goosebumps just thinking about it. They've done a great job, man. I'm really excited to see what happens. You know, this team, the way we're built, with if this defense can be stout, can get off the field, our running game can close out these games, I think it's going to look very different this year. Last year, we were in a ton of shootouts, even with shitty teams. I think this year we're going to see those those shitty teams we played before – we're not going to see those shootouts again. I think we're going to be able to to really just put the hammer down on some of these bad teams. And that's going to be really I agree. fun to watch. Talk to me about Odell. How you feeling, man? How you feel about Odell? I feel good. Yeah, I feel good. I, I feel man. good about OBJ. He looks good. He looks healthy. He's, he's, he's looking good on the field. I mean, he hey, he's he, he's not causing issues. He looks healthy as hell. He played in the salt the salt uh, Jarvis Landry's uh, All Star softball game, which was super cool. Get the community excited. I mean, dude, it's just fun, right? I feel like this guy's coming in with a different attitude. And I'm going to say this, and it's really interesting. I think last year, with the success that the offense had, kind of like I don't want to say shook OBJ, but like brought him a bit back down. Right. Yeah. Like, I hey, think man. it was a bit humbling, man, because everybody yeah. was saying and, and I would have been pissed off. Everybody was giving him shit. Everybody said, oh, look, as soon as they got rid of Odell, the offense got better. Stop it with that fucking shit. The offense did not get better because we were force feeding the ball to Odell. The offense clicked because it was that was the time for it to click. We had no preseason. It was, was COVID. They were meeting over fucking Zoom. That's no way to build a, a, a football team, man, or build new chemistry. play callers, new head coach. Yeah. I mean, literally knew everything. So to tell me that you take the team we had last year and you add Odell Beckham into that, 
You tell me that doesn't make the team better? You're crazy. Of course it makes the team better. And it was. I mean, Odell, I think it did humble him a bit. I think it was, holy shit, I thought I was coming into this team to be the superstar, but now I want to be a part of this team because I want to win a Super Bowl and I want to contribute. Exactly. That's the attitude he has now, and I love that. It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited as hell to watch this guy alongside his best friend. Like he, alongside his Juice. best friend in Jarvis. Talk, I mean, favorite guy on the Browns. I'm sorry. Love everybody. Juice, you have brought something special to Cleveland. I thank you every damn day for you coming here. Um, you, like I just – I love everything this dude brings to the table. But I think OBJ playing alongside of Juice – was second year in the program, really, really saw how close we were to an AFC championship. I think he's hungry, humbled, and ready to fucking rock and roll. I think so too, man. I love it. Love you, Juice. Thank you, Juice. Love you, Juice. Yeah, we should thank Juice. We should thank Juice after every podcast. Thank you, Juice. We should. Let's do that. Let's make that a thing. Thanks, Juicy. Thanks, Juicy. Well, that's our Browns update. That is the podcast for today. I want to thank Everybody who's not listening right now, but those of you will be listening, I guarantee it. Good luck to you this year in fantasy football. Frankie, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we could this do it. so fun, man. So much fun, man. We've got some great podcasts yet to come. Next week, we're going to talk about new faces and new places and all these guys that came to these new teams. Studs. Very fantasy-relevant studs on new teams this year. So that's going to be really valuable information. We're going to be doing some mock drafts. We're going to have some guests, some guests with us to do some mock drafts live and just kind of talk about what their strategy is and, uh, you know, talk about some of the guys that we're drafting and why. We'll go through Frankie's unbelievable rankings that he put together. I love it. But we're going to have you. a good time, man. Love it. I agree. Guys, stay tuned. This is going to be a blast. Again, we're going to be hitting on a lot of these cool, interesting things. And uh, yeah, get ready to have a fucking great time. Let's uh, do it. There's football this week. There's football this week. Let's go. All right, man. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Talk to you later. Frankie. Love you, man.